this is the Data Privacy Detective. And this is a monthly report about October 2022. A lot going on. And let's start with a survey by Surfshark, a survey of how many data breaches there are and are they on the increase. Interesting facts. So here are a few. A 70%, 70% increase in data breaches in the third quarter of 2022 as compared to the second quarter of 2022. You apply exponential math to this, and you can see data breaches are on the rise. Now, those are reported known data breaches as opposed to those that uh, may not be publicly known. Russia had the became the leader in the most breaches in the middle of a situation with Ukraine. France has the highest breach density, but the United States remains, keeps the title of the single most breached country in the world over the past 10 years. And data breaches are not just when somebody gets fished in a company, uh, quite the contrary. The Thomson Reuters uh, self-announced that uh, someone had left three databases open for several days within the company. And three terabytes of sensitive data were exposed, including passwords to third-party servers. Uh, Thomson Reuters reported that it immediately fixed this when it learned of this and notified customers. So the point here is it's not just data in flight that results in a data breach, but the very infrastructure that companies have. Very interesting. And it makes one wonder whether the focus on data breaches and punishing data breaches is the right approach to protecting uh, not just personal data, but company data. The case of Coachella, which is the uh, Federal Trade Commission of the United States, uh, went after Coachella for uh, its practices uh, as a data broker. And Kochava filed a response October the 28th that basically says the FTC has no business uh, trying to tell Kochava what to do as a data broker, that data brokers, uh, is in Idaho, are following Idaho law and federal law, and, and the FTC is in an overreach, certainly an administrative overreach. This is kind of the uh, issue with the FTC, what it means when its authority is for unfair and deceptive practices. How broad is that? Of course, the FTC takes a very different view of this. We'll see how that case unfolds. But in October, the uh, on October 24th, the Federal Trade Commission uh, uh, issued a proposed order against Drizzly uh, and its CEO. Now, this is a uh, an online alcohol retailer with uh, two and a half million users. And the FTC is asking that Drizzly and its CEO restrict uh, future data collection about uh, individuals and uh, adopt specific security requirements. Now, there was a data breach here, but, but this is the FTC trying to impose standards through its authority on the very infrastructure uh, and the cybersecurity that companies use in relation to the data that they hold. It'll be interesting to see how, how that uh, unfolds. And this goes back to 2018, Four years earlier, when a Drizzly employee posted uh, cloud computing account login information on GitHub, that's a hosting platform, and then hackers used uh, uh, Drizzly servers to mine crypto, basically stealing uh, cryptocurrency, 
until the company changed the login information. So you can see how, again, it's not just data in flight and individual employees falling for a phishing or a smishing or other type of attack by a hacker, but the ability to get into the infrastructure of a company that is very much putting at risk individual data. Then you have the U.S. Office of Management and Budget, OMB, getting into the privacy area, the cybersecurity area. It's issued an order to federal agencies to follow NIST, the standard setting guidelines, the NIST guidelines about the security of the software supply chain. This is to ensure software integrity. And this guidance would require self-attestation by software producers before the software is used. And so you can see here, again, this has nothing to do with an attack on a company or a data breach that's happened, but it's the U.S. government getting into the business of telling federal agencies that as to contractors and suppliers and others that federal agencies use, ought to use NIST guidance as the standards for uh, what software must meet. Let's turn to France. Uh, the French uh, data protection regulator there find Clearview, now that's not a French company, Clearview AI, 20 million euros uh, because of its use of facial recognition biometric data and its ability to scrape and otherwise acquire uh, photos of people in France and then post that. And then, uh, of course, Clear, Clearview has a business of selling the database to police forces and governments uh, to use facial recognition in in their work. This joins what the UK has already done, to, done with uh, Clearview. And it's really an effort to say that uh, under GDPR uh, for France and under UK law, which isn't all that different from uh, GDPR since it left uh, the European Union, uh, that U.S. Uh, or other companies uh, outside of France or Europe uh, shouldn't be able to scrape images of their residents and then use it to uh, to employ their business model. ENY uh, it issued a report in October on human risk in cybersecurity. An interesting survey, an, an astonishing find. Many people think that phishing and smishing and other mistakes made by employees are probably those of, let's just say, an older generation who didn't grow up with smartphones and so on. Not so, says the survey. Instead, digital native employees, now those who kind of grew up with it and know, know uh, it's just part of their lives, they are more likely to neglect an employer's cyber policies than older workers because they use it so frequently, convenience is built into the, the how they think about the world, and actually they cause a greater risk, more likely to neglect employer rules and guidelines than older workers. Turn to the Dutch courts, they ordered uh, Chateau Inc., a U.S. company, to pay an employee, former employee, 75,000 euros. Why? Well, <clears throat> Shadu uh, had a, an employee in uh, the Netherlands who was ordered for a day to leave his web, webcam on the entire nine hours that he was working. And he didn't like that. And he was terminated when he refused to do it. He then went to the Dutch courts and said that is an unreasonable invasion of his right to privacy. The Dutch courts ruled that that's right under GDPR and Dutch uh, 
labor law. Uh, so it, uh, employers uh, must understand when they have employees around the world that there's no one source of law that's going to control this. And labor laws, HR laws, and privacy laws are very much dependent on the laws of each particular country or province within a country. The European Data Protection Board issued harmonized, basically recognized, harmonized procedural rules for the European Commission to consider that will aid enforcement of the rules of GDPR. And they approved criteria for Euro privacy certification. Now, what's going on here? This could result in the first European data protection seal that would be sort of a seal of approval that could be used by companies uh, on, on their websites to show that they're privacy-centric to standardize the privacy of processing operations and cybersecurity priorities about uh, the digital euro, the euro which uh, intends to become digital in the near future. Uh, this was an, uh, approving an opinion of the Luxembourg uh, Data Protection criteria for harmonizing uh, procedural rules in this respect. The White House, the Biden administration, uh, issued an executive order about data privacy transfers between the U.S. and the EU. Now, this is the third attempt at a privacy shield that would allow much easier uh, transfers of personal data between and among uh, the European Union and the United States and its states. What it does here is to create a data protection review court. Now, these would be the members of the court would be outside the U.S. government, and they would, not sure quite how that would happen. We will stay tuned. But they would adjudicate claims of individuals and, uh, and direct uh, remedial measures uh, based on the laws that would be deemed to be an adequate level of protection to meet the EU standards. So a third attempt, the first two uh, have been validated by the European courts. Maybe this one will stick. We will see. Will Mr. Schrems file a case and saying this isn't enough either? We will find out. Uber's uh, former security chief was convicted in October 2022, and he could face eight years in prison for his response or lack thereof, and alleged cover-up. It's now a conviction, though one can call it that, and for obstruction of justice and uh, what was alleged to be a knowing concealment of a felony, going all the way back to 2016, when Uber had a data breach of, uh, of, of significance. Joe Sullivan uh, is the individual. He dealt with the situation, paying $100,000 of Bitcoin to hackers to wipe stolen data and be quiet and so on. But this is, as far as we know, the first conviction in a criminal court of a chief security officer for how one handles a data breach and responds to it. A jury has agreed with the government's position. The impact on CISOs is very much a matter of concern and debate within companies. Who would like to take on that burden? under now a known risk that if you really mess up, if you cover up and if you lie or somehow mislead people about how you're handling it, uh, this has criminal repercussions. And finally, for October, uh, October 4th, the White House issued a blueprint, blueprint it's called, 
for an AI, artificial intelligence, bill of rights. Now, this is worth a look. This is not immediate law. This is a blueprint, but it's really how to protect uh, civil rights in the algorithmic age about AI. There are concerns throughout there, well discussed about how AI should avoid concerns of bias and discrimination in various ways. And as to data privacy, let me read a quotation. Quote, you, meaning us, you should be protected from abusive data practices via built-in protections, and you should have agency over how data about you is used, close quote. And the blueprint calls for each individual to be able to opt out of the collection, use, sharing, and misuse of personal data. Now, this is very much like the thrust of the European approach, the European Union's approach to data privacy, giving individuals a right to control more than ever their own personal information as it gets shared and used and misused in the digital age. Well, that's enough for October as a sweep. We'll look at November next. Tune in to other podcasts. We'll be dealing with the wonderful speaker on how data breaches are too much of a focus when we think about personal privacy and infrastructure and the way data is shared and otherwise looking at the privacy that can still be achieved by infrastructure, by government response, and by each of us. As always, I'll conclude by reminding us protecting your personal data begins with you.